This is a Hive Mind Studio production. Hello, gods and goblins, deities and deviants, and my fellow what the fucks. You are listening to Playing with Advantage, an informative podcast about the various aspects of the tabletop role playing genre. As always, I am Kenneth Moffat, a.k.a. Southern D&D, and with me is the man himself, James Rode Hard and Put Up Wet Bardwell. We worked a con yesterday. That is an accurate description. <laughs> this is episode five of this podcast, and in our last topic, we talked about the satanic panic and how it led into and worked with Dungeons and & Dragons and led to a lot of fear-mongering and a lot of stories that really kind of had darker meanings and darker intentions. Uh, so this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to show the opposite end of that spectrum, where the stories that we also have made in role-playing games are some of the best and brightest and the stories that give us the most amount of joy. Uh, what, is, what is probably the first one that comes to mind for you when you think of this is hilarious that happened in one of our games? That would be the time I got slid across the top of a table by somebody as we pretended that I was devouring an entire buffet. Wait, really? Like, uh, So to our, 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 our goblin here, this guy's about your size that did this. And there is pictures and video of this somewhere. I will try to get it found. Uh, if we were to do like a, t- like a, a Twitter or a Patreon or something for this, we can like, that'll be part of the... Like Instagram or something. Yeah. But it's literally me laying on the table. He grabs me by the, the like hem of my pants and the back of my shirt and slides me. This is like a conference style table. It's like a 12 foot table and slides me down at the entire time. I'm going nom, 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 nom. Uh, <laughs> That's some dedication to role play. Well, it's because our, our the GM we had he goes, okay, guys, if you do it, role play it out. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, oh, not, that that would get us arrested. <laughs> and and now in, in that exact same session, not even an hour later, that same player had a sword who could charm everybody into dancing uncontrollably. And the his command words were, "Everybody dance now." <laughs> wow. Yeah, that that's the first one that comes to mind in like crazy role play stories. So I, I have one that comes to mind first, but I also have one since you mentioned a banquet. I have a banquet one. Um, we had this party and uh, one of the players who was um, kind of flighty uh, believed that this companion of his that was a large uh, boar pig uh, was his actual reincarnated brother. So we got ready to have the session, um, and I, we had spent weeks playing, and they had all gotten very attached to this pig. You know, it was the party's pet, basically. They loved this thing. Uh, and I, because I am a horrible, horrible person, uh, decided that we were going to have a very special session because I like to hit my players in the fields. Anyone who's played with me can attest to that. Um, and they come to this kingdom. And they're welcomed in, and they get real busy. And at the end of the day, uh, they're brought to this banquet. So to coincide with this banquet, we actually did this huge barbecue at the house, filled the table with food, and uh, the banquet coincided with us eating supper that evening for the session. So we're all sitting down eating, and uh, then there's some role play between the king and the character who has the brother that he believes is the reincarnated pig. And through this through the course of this role play, we find out that no one has seen the pig all day. Oh, no. And a hunter had purportedly killed this majestic boar creature for this feast today. And it was this wonderful honor. And I actually, like, I actually had one of the players get angry at me and storm out. We had to pause the session. I had to apologize and everything. But I thought, 
I thought this this would be an interesting thing to do. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a very bad idea. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> that is my banquet story. <laughs> You're an evil bastard. <laughs> yes, I have heard this most most often from people who know me well. <laughs> that, that is evil. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. Don't get me wrong, but good night. Oh, man. Uh, I think what was, what was another one that... Oh, yeah. So the story that almost killed me, like literally. So I was playing... Uh, it, was a, it was a GURPS game that was running. It was a, for four of my closest friends. It had been going for a while. Well, they were at a part where these writers approach them, and I reference them as you know, they, they are, you know, these aren't wearing dark armor, black cloaks flying as they race towards you on black horses. And I kind of offhand recall called them as these black writers approach. One of my friends goes, okay, guys, be serious now. It was a serious moment. We have to talk to these people. And as I go, as, the writer, as these writers approach you, he made a very off-color joke. And it caught me by surprise. It was just out of nowhere. And I started laughing. And then I apparently was in this, like, mental dream-like state where I'm like, wait, why am I asleep? Oh, God, I've just passed out. Moffat, wake up. So I come to, and they're all staring at me like, dude, are, are you okay? What happened? Dude, you went limp and went real quiet. Like, you went just complete. I like, go, in real life? In real life. And they're staring at me. I goes, guys, I think I laughed so hard I passed out. And one of them goes, we killed the DM! We <laughs> killed the DM! That is, that is counted as a win for the players. That has since happened twice. Oh, God. Where twice. I, 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 have, I have what are called hypoinflated lungs. My lungs are kind of underdeveloped. I had asthma as a small child. Mm-hmm. Uh, double pneumonia when I was a real young baby. Wow. And if I try to inhale and gasp too hard, it'll throw my body into a shock and I will, it will knock me out. So is that a goal for us now? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like we've just been challenged. I, yeah. I, I, have, I have overdapted and overcome it. I basically, whenever I start laughing so hard, I force myself to breathe steadily. We just got to keep coming with the jokes. We just got to hit, hit nonstop. <laughs> nonstop. Nonstop. That's, that's the mission now. Matt, we'll, we'll make sure your head doesn't hit the ground. I'm going to put it this way. It, uh, the last time it happened, I fell out of a chair this size. It was right after I had injured my hand and had surgery. Me slamming my hand to the ground is what woke me up out of that. Well, there, there's two of us. We got we got either side. We're okay. 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 What, what I heard as a proprietor where this man often DMs now is that we have to require him to wear a helmet when he runs a game. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have... I don't. I have not had to wear that since the third grade. Okay, so, I'm not you, wearing one again. So, like, do you watch comedies a lot? Or <laughs> I love comedies. Yeah, <laughs> you have to watch them on the couch laying down. No, no, I, I watch them sit down. Yeah, nobody puts baby in a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, the, the other time it happened, it was uh, it was we were playing Magic the Gathering, and a buddy of mine made a joke, and I did just I passed out and was, I fell on the floor. <laughs> did that disqualify you from a tournament? <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> The, my, my buddy was Simon was he was like Moffat. We thought you died. But he just like went and just cut, fell over. We didn't know what was going. on. I'm, I'm glad he's warned us because can you imagine that happening? It's not knowing. He just go. I mean, <laughs> immediately we we go into cover up mode. That's what I see. Would have <laughs> okay. happened. Yeah, it's like it's like the sequel. Him. to I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Like I know what you did in D and D. Well, like something like I wake up like about to be chunked into some pig pen somewhere. Like what the what's going on? <laughs> but naked in a pig pen. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I know how I got there the last time that happened, but... Mm, that's uh, a different podcast. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, One of my favorite stories. I, I've got a couple to tell. I had, we, had, we were playing a game, and James was in it. There was a, a good friend of ours um, that had what he called the D20 of power. So, you know who you are. So, this man, he rolled 
extremely high on every roll um, to the point where like he hand curated his dice over probably 20 years and just had what he called the D20 of power and basically it's servants. This D20 of power was a spiral down. I'm not a fan of spiral downs. Um, so I, you know, I said, Hey man, I don't, let's not use this in the campaign. I kind of, I don't like them. For I've what, seen people abuse them. For those who don't know what we say, a spiral oh, or a spin yeah. down, it is a 20-sided dice. Magic the Gathering uses these a lot for life counters. Yeah. But instead of a random distribution of the numbers, you can literally start at a 20 and just tick it one side to the left each time, and it goes 19, 18. Mm-hmm. And look, I, in succession. I, in succession. And look, I admit, I can make them roll at least 16. Yeah. Uh, now, if you really chunk it across the table and mm-hmm. give it a good spin, it'll it'll randomize. And in his defense, um, all his dice were always rolling high. So, I mean, we joked about him cooking his dice in the car on the way over to make <laughs> like, sure all the plastic settled in the bottom. So like I put on top of the, I mean, this is out in Mississippi. You mean yeah. you put on top of the dashboard, just need 30 seconds. Boop, okay, we're good to go. So we were running through the Lost Mines of Fendelver. Oh. I was DMing, and he just was killing it in terms of rolls. And so um, we got to this part. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Lost Mind of Fendelver. <laughs> I, I, I won't spoil it, but there's this part where you uh, jump over this uh, crevice. Yeah. And down in the crevice is something pretty nasty. <laughs> well, oh, and he was playing a character that at level one, I think it's the Eldrin or the, uh, I can't remember the, the, the elf race that's the, the uh, seasons. Oh, the, the Eladrin, the, the Fae Elves. Yeah, Eladrin, Eladrin, yeah. Yeah, he was an Eladrin, and I think they come with uh, Misty Step as like their level one racial yeah, yeah. Uh, ability or uh, ancestry ability. Yeah. So he forgot about it, and we did a roll to see if they could, you know, make it over. He rolled a one, and at that time we were playing uh, Critical Misses, which oh, I'm not God. a fan of. I mean, oh, I like God. them for some campaigns, but I don't, you know, if it's a real serious campaign, no Critical Misses. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he fell down. He proceeded to roll ones four times in a row after that to the point where he no longer uses the d20 of power but it got to the point where the nothic was about to eat him he tried to befriend it and then it thought it was he was food so um, i literally made the guy uh quit using his d20 of power i'm sorry george by the way oh it's george george, i'm sorry the most amazing thing the most amazing because i think total overall that night he rolled like nine ones yeah it was it was it was like all of the universe karma for giving him 20s decided it was time to pull the power and he never rolled poorly like no Ever. We, we, when we did, uh, we were doing a campaign with James. James was DMing. Um, he rolled all our uh, stats for us because the man never got below a 14. <laughs> oh, God. And this is with D6s. It yeah. was crazy. I mean, it, the, the man has good luck. I, I, I don't understand it, it. There's like, where we start, the universe goes, okay, we got it. Level yeah, up. they got to nerf him. Which which module is it? And it, it may be, it's either it's either Fendelver or Annihilation that has the Aboleth in it. I did spoilers for those who haven't played. That's going to be, the, uh, I know Lost Minds of Fendelver. Um, I've ran it probably six, seven times to the point to where my wife refuses to play in a game <laughs> with Lost Minds of Fendelver. Uh, I, I, yeah, the Aboleth, I believe, now it's been five or six yeah, years since I've run it. Uh, dang, it's been a long time. It's but, been uh, a minute, yeah. Um, been a while. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't sue us. Um, but yeah, it was probably... I think the obelisk is in the other one. This was the one where I finally had a party that touched the obelisk. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, in Tomb of Annihilation, as you're walking through a courtyard area, there's a giant black obelisk that just kind of is sitting there. And... It's meant to be passed by and not looked at. However, if 
some wizard who likes just to find random magic items go, I want to cast Detect Magic on it. You find something is staring back at you. Here's the thing. You can knock it over. You can interact with it. But to push it over and break it, you need a collective... I think it was a, like a collective strength roll of about... I think it might be... It's like 50, 50 or 60. It's a pretty high strength roll. The Paladin and the Barbarian both critted. Natural 20s. <laughs> so they knock it over. And uh, again, spoilers, they summon the Nelfishne. This massive pig-like demon. But here's the thing. It's such an early point where... And it only stays around for so long that it's a boring combat. If your players can't hit it, and they can't hit it, can't hit your players. So for like almost two hours, you're sitting there going, "Does this hit? No. Okay, your turn." <laughs> and finally, I was that. That was the moment. I'm like, "No, I you I cannot run these modules as written. I have to add my flair to it." Yeah. Uh, but the one that really got me is within the depths of the tomb, there is an abolith. Now, an Ablith is this ancient primordial creature of evil. However, this Ablith has a small little problem. It's got a split personality. Every time that we would try to communicate with them, you made it roll. If it rolled good, if it rolled even or odd, whatever. And it would either be this dark, menacing presence or this other one. Well, the entire time they're talking to it, it's this deep, dark, gravelly kind of thing. Until you get down to the, until they meet it in the lake and it surfaces. And I roll for the other personality which is this very helpful, very bright personality. It's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And, I'm, and is they're like, D -d do we kill it? We have to kill it, right? It's an ablith. No, we don't. He's a baby. Look, we don't kill. And it was the funniest thing. I was expecting them to like, get down and attack this thing. Like, it was the, it was the, it's the question that every DM hates. Can I talk to it? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and then they ended up giving them tre It just, it was, yeah, it. It was one of those stories where you have to go, okay, from now on, I cannot run this module as written. I have to fix this. So you mentioned the pig demon, and I'm, I'm a little worried because this is going to be my second D&D story that is pork-related. <laughs> <laughs> but we played uh, War Machine. Uh, it has an RPG. Uh, I think they've recently <laughs> oh, yes. adopted it over to 5e or whatever. But we play, and Matt was in this game. <laughs> we um, play a lot of games together. Yeah, yeah. So they they were playing uh, Matt and Brody. I think were playing Gator Gatorman. Man. Yeah, Gatorman. Uh, and, we and we heavily based them on uh, uh, Cajun culture. Oh God! Um, my my character was named uh, Defro, uh, but spelled like D E T Jethro. Like yeah, <laughs> Death so, <Row>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're playing this game, and my character is kind of this very paladin like, altruistic, idealistic individual, you know. But like smite evil, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Kind of kind of cookie cutter, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was enjoying it. So we come to this point um, where we're fighting these enemies, and they're basically pigmen, okay? Uh, the Gatormen have no problem eating these guys, right? <laughs> um, and I'm very, you know, disgusted by that. And at some point, somebody cooks some up, and my guy's not aware, comes to the campfire, and realizes that these guys taste like bacon. <laughs> And I, like, I thought it was just bacon, right? And then after my guy eats and he compliments the cook, talks how delicious it is, I find out that it was the pigmen we were fighting. So for me, at that point, the rest of the campaign was my guy morally fighting his compunction to eat pigmen because they taste like bacon. And I would get jealous, like, watching the Gatorman just, like, eat these guys. I'm like, man. So part of the Gatorman is they have to, um, they have to eat, like, so many uh hours yeah um they can't you know prolong themselves like humans can so like we just had to like keep 
just whole pigments in a bag. Oh god! Um, and just carry them around with us and snack on them. We were always snacking on jerky. Um, that was a ridiculous campaign. I had a blast with it. <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun too. Just like the innate paladin shame when I would give in and yeah, have and a strip or two of this. <laughs> yes, and my shame sitting around the campfire. Don't tell what it is. Just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, if if I remember right, it was I, I don't know that much about the the factions with that, but there's like two the main factions. I think is what they were. Called, yeah, something so like that. yeah, we were. James was the outlier. Um, he was a priest of Minoth, yeah. I believe. And um, so, yeah, he basically the way he justified it was he was just like following us around, making like a nature documentary on Gatorman. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. See, because now Matt, you got me wanting to make a a green dragonborn, mm -hmm. but he taught with that the, that that the Cajun accent. Oh and, yeah, and, and he, he, yeah, with name Buddha. I, I want to do that. I have yeah. to make that as a character now. There was so much of that between you, you those down in the water. eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> come on up and you. Like the three guys from the Prince of the Frog. My thoughts exactly two fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Brody wouldn't join in with the Cajun act. Oh, and, and Brody. He, he didn't want to join. He came in kind of late into yeah, the campaign. Yeah. Um, something like I think he was taking a break because he just finished up a three-year long. Yeah, we campaign. had that was our first Stagande campaign. Mm -hmm. just oh, wow. finished. And um, so he he. It was like, I need a break. So we were playing it. Chaos was ensuing. So he jumps in and he has like this very brooding Gatorman. And I, I destroyed that by the end of it. We oh, were, yeah. we were, we were just menaces. <laughs> we were now, absolute menaces. Now, speaking of Stagande, I, I talk about Stagande a lot. I love, Stagande is their big Nordic themed 5e game. I want you two to talk about the day you met. I keep, I, I keep wanting to forget his name. Dr. Orvili? Orviti. Orviti. Yeah. Dr. The great Dr. Orviti. Please, because I loved watching this and the look on all of your collective faces when you went, this dude is crazy. Do you remember anything? So I, okay. Because <laughs> I don't. I, Do I'm Dr. Shot. Orviti. Okay. So when we first met him, I actually did not like him as an NPC. Which, really? yeah, I actually. Uh, we had Arendus, and Arendus has always been my favorite NPC in yeah, that. Uh, yeah. The little girl, you know, the whole party got incredibly attached to the yeah. little girl. Yeah, I gave uh, her weapons. Mistakes were made. Yes, that, that was. The, <laughs> I was just fixing to mention mistakes were made. Matt gave her weapons. Although I do remember uh, Ashley was the one who said she would die for uh, for the little cat that that the wizard would summon. I did. That oh was yeah, one, one um, of my favorite parts of that. Fuzz. I think fuzz or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's crazy. She's, she's looking like straight face. I would die for fuzz. <laughs> it did not take me long to warm up to Doctor Orviti, though. He is, he's he seems chaotic when you first meet him, but like it's there's stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, I, I really did warm up to the character, especially when he started like trying to keep us uh, out of trouble, giving us heads up, that yeah. kind of stuff. Which, which yeah. speaks to the the character development, the storytelling that Brody can do, which is yeah, amazing yeah. for yeah. sure. I think I, I think I kind of expected a character like that because I mean that's kind of up in the alley of NPCs that I make. Yeah, you remember Barry, right? Barry. Barry, the interdimensional wizard. Yes. That okay. uh, <laughs> so it was in uh, Lost Mind of Fendelver. I added a, a wizard just because I, I did I did D and D dad jokes. Oh God. Um, uh, at the end of every session, uh, it was the the running joke. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a guy who was running around. At every session, yelling something, I lost it. But it was a dad joke. Oh, he was choking. Oh, he was running around choking. But I don't remember what the joke was. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I told you earlier, my memory. There, there, there you go, now. folks, right there. Boom. Yeah. Just no, no, no context, nothing. Just I'll think of it later. But anyway, 
I will say, like, Matt has two modes a lot of the times <laughs> when you're playing games. And this is video games, D&D, whatever. You either get very serious, dramatic Matt, or you get dad joke. Goofy. Goofy Matt. Goofy. Like, uh, look, I grew up watching Austin Powers and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So, like, that has rubbed off on me over the years. So, it's everything is just goofy. Yeah. Men in tights, Robin Hood men in tights, that type jokes. of comedy. So speaking about dad jokes, my a good friend of mine, Patrick Lehman, who uh, uh, he he ran a game for us, and GURPS is the big system of, of the store I, I uh, visit a lot in uh, Petal, Mississippi. Elder Dragon Games, by the way. But yeah, and he ran a GURPS game for us every Christmas, where he I was part of the 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 first the premiere session, and we played as four and no, it was five characters, and each of those characters was based off of a famous um, Christmas or Yuletide character, like. Like Keep we going. had okay, like the like you had one one person was playing basically the White Witch, uh, we had one person who was playing Mister Green, which was the 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 Father Christmas. You had one character with Santa Claus. Uh, there was one who was the individual who walks around with coal and gives coal to bad children in certain. I think it's some like the Turkish uh, custom. But the thing is, you couldn't lie. You can't lie to him. That was my character, and so you could never lie to me. So uh, there was this cult. There was this like cult of individuals. Who there were eight? You had the eight head, the eight wizards. They wore brown robes. They had large, almost like uh, like deer style. You see, it I, I know where you're going. You, you see said it coming, eight. don't you? <laughs> like deer style skulls attached to there. And we finally get the big bad evil guy, and his name is Ulf the Rude. He's wearing red <laughs> robes with the, and it ends. And I hate him, and I love him at the same time because it ends with "You have defeated Rude Ulf, the red robed pain deer." Oh my God. And I just want to, it's... <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. what the joke was. It was a running gag. The guy was running, like, every time they would come out, they would see a guy running off in the distance choking. Oh, yeah. It was a running gag. Yes. Well, yeah, I made I everyone mad. It, it wasn't funny <laughs> when the Tiny Toons did it. It wasn't. <laughs> so, you mentioned Pain Deer. That reminded me of a story where we have probably had the most traumatized NPC in any game we've ever ran. Oh, God. Uh, I had a friend named Terry, and he was running this wizard. And this wizard was interested in, in like, crossbreeding species and, like, making different and new creatures, right? Okay, yeah. Um, so he can't do this by himself, so he's in town. He's looking for an assistant. So he hires this assistant to come and help him, and he's trying to be, breed a pain deer and a bald weagle. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yes, these are the two creatures he's attempting to make. And like, what's bad is we had this really serious conversation about beforehand. Hey, this is the kind of thing I want to do. But it turned into this farce somehow when we translated that to actual gameplay. And I was like, all right, well, I think you need an assistant. You need somebody to help with that. Um, and we didn't discuss what the help was. And he made some assumptions about what the help was. And um, because of those assumptions, this, this NPC had to leave his hometown in shame. Oh, my God. Uh, Turns out he was thinking less magic when it comes to making these creatures, more um, artificial insemination. Oh, oh no. yeah, oh, no. God. no, okay, we may have to cut that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's all right. All right. The, the NPC was in charge of um, sample procuring samples. Carol, yes, got you. Um, oh God, yeah, he quit his job and moved out of town after okay. that. I'm I think sorry I would for too. that. <laughs> if that gets cut, my my bad. Well, no one will ever hear it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be on one of the uh, the Patreon like tiers. Yeah, you yeah, to, we'll, we'll, have to, you got to yeah, pay yeah. like two dollars yeah. to get that story. <laughs> <laughs>
So there was, um, do you remember Tristan, the character Tristan? Is this the one with the mother? Oh, we you, we're gonna tell that story later. Okay. Um, but no, it was uh, Josh. Josh had the drug dealing. Yes, <laughs> yes, I remember. By, by the way, listeners, the don't feel bad. These names mean nothing to me as well. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Just yeah, he uh, that character broke campaigns. <laughs> Not, yes. Nothing because mechanically, we we uh, you worked out a deal with him because he was uh, a pothic. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to be an apothecary, yeah. and he figured out that he could make drugs and get everyone hooked on the oh drugs. <laughs> and he offered it to everyone. It's like the king, I got you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably the absolute most game wrecking thing he did is when we had that big uh, ball with all the nobles and stuff, mm -hmm. and he spiked oh, the punch. Yeah, he spiked the and punch. Then, and then barbarians showed up to raid the place. It was giants. Because it was, it was, uh, yeah, y'all went to that screening um, of uh, Acquisitions Incorporated or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, I remember that. Down in uh, yeah. uh, Baton Rouge or New Orleans. Yeah, we went to the theater. And thing. they gave you a module, and you're like, cool, I want to use this, you know. And yeah. it's in the module. Um, it's hard to get a hold of. I have it. He gave it to me now. Um, but yeah, basically, Giants showed up, and then who caught the place on fire? Um, so there was a servant or something that was really unhappy, if I remember right, and it, like he double dosed the servant and wound up convinced one of the other players convinced the servant to like set stuff on fire. Oh, God. Goblins it, it, also showed up. We had, <laughs> we had like four different characters storylines that just so happened to converge at it's this like your point. Own Battle of the Five Armies. It I was mean. rough. When everyone shows up, the entire nobility of the land is like <laughs> stoked out on hallucinogens. Um, so nobody is really sure what's going on and as a DM that's probably one of the most chaotic things I've ever had to handle and I've ran a 14 person table before so I remember what it was um, someone finally got their patron or god to uh, give them a favor yes and it just everything went off rails speaking of noble parties and spiking things so I do a thing with especially if, if I trust the player my players I will let them keep information from me what I have them do is they'll write things down on a piece of paper. They'll make the rolls in front of me. And then I'll kind of, as I see what the rolls are, I'll go, okay, that kind of stuff. And then afterwards, when it's all said and done, they'll sign the paper. I'll read what they've done. I will adjust accordingly. And it's, if, if you trust your players, it's a really cool thing to happen. It's really cool. Uh, and they were having this, they were at this massive similar. That was, it, was a, it was a noble ball. Now, if you know anything about Pathfinder, when I say the land of Chiliacs, um, that should bring up some connotation. Chiliax is this place that it's like it's the land of Asmodeus. It's it's devils and my players hate Chiliax. The 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 matron Abigail. She her name is literally Abigail the Thrice Damned House of Thrun. That's, That's a mouthful. A mouthful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were they they managed to to feign themselves as allies. They got into this uh, this like ball or something for the the Black Council and for Abigail Thrun. And before I showed up, they'd been talking. Goes, uh, we have some ideas. We want you know. So, I, so they made some rolls. Rolled amazingly. Never rolled anything. And this was GURPS. You want low rolls on three d six. Never rolled above twelve. Great rolls. There were a couple of critical successes. And so I'm telling the story. And uh, when I get to the point to where uh, at the toast and they lift the toast and they begin to drink, uh, that's when my players go, okay, GM, this is where our information becomes prudent. Slides me a piece of paper, uh, creation, of most deadly, uh, uh, creation of most deadly poison, this kind of stuff. 
stealth check to pour it into all the drinking vats was oh, a God. critical success. They poisoned and killed the entire council of Chiliacs. Oh, wow. That's some Red Wedding stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then proceeded to say it wasn't us because here is the symbol of a guard from Nadal, the nation to the north, that's supposed to be our ally. And look, it turns they started a war. And it, it was the it was beautiful. I love this. It was amazing <laughs> to watch happen. Because as a GM, I'm like, I'm having to I'm having to react as these people actually would. Because I don't have this information. I know some dungeon masters are like, well, you have to tell No, I love being kept in the dark on certain things. Like even now with the, the big game I run here on Sundays, I don't want to know everything. Surprise yeah. me. It's great when that happens. Yeah, it's good. It pushes it pushes you to, to improv, you know, and that, that brings a lot of gold out. The The best part of pulling off something nefarious like that is when you get to blame it on someone else. Uh, I remember in the first Stagande campaign, uh, we had this situation where this minister had kind of like, perverted the church and had changed it to meet his own nefarious needs and stuff. And I was playing this very happy-go-lucky character named Butcher. He was named Butcher because that's what he did, not because he was, you know, this, you know, big looming character yeah. or whatever. He was a monk. And <laughs> I remember he found out about it. Uh, he, he snuck into the church and found some proof and everything. And in order to keep the people from being fooled continually, because I didn't really have the ch charisma to turn that around, he just burned the church down. <laughs> Um, and then the next day, there was like this mob forming to find out who burned the church down. So just, I have z I have zero uh, deception, by the way, like nothing. <laughs> I, I suck at it. So the only thing I could think of was to blame it on, and at the time we were dealing with werewolves, these torch-bearing werewolves. So I blamed that on them and nat 20 on the deception. <laughs> And like for the rest of the campaign, it became a thing. The torch bearing. There werewolves. was this. There was this. You know, mysterious band of torch bearing werewolves out there setting fire to stuff. See, <laughs> had I been your dungeon master, I would have made the clan of torch bearing werewolves well, and had you interact with them at some point. So Brody was our DM for that one, and he would occasionally have NPCs bring up the <laughs> torch bearing werewolves, and like every time, Butcher just kind of like sneaks to the back of the group. <laughs> So one of my favorite stories about his character, Butcher, I wasn't there for this, but I, I have to tell the story because it needs an outsider's perspective. So has everyone, I'm, I want you to think of the movie Alien, okay, while I tell the story. Okay. So I don't remember what the setup was for it, but you had to sneak into a area by yourself because you're the only one with real stealth. Cultists had taken over the governor's mansion and were running the town from there. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Because I was in the beginning of the campaign, but I moved to another state uh, for two years and moved back. So I Welcome back. Glad to have you back. Yeah. This was probably my favorite session ever. Just saying. <laughs> so James proceeded to basically reenact the Alien movies um, by stealthing sneaking down killing people and just it was like it was a horror movie oh my and it God. became you know usually like if you're playing horror rpg you know the the dms like you know freaking you out and all this it was reversed at that time you know that, i like, don't think that was the intention because no. brody had the storm background music oh. playing like so there was a storm going on and everything was dark <laughs> it's just it, it's so good i, I We'll have to get somebody who was there to retell the story one day. Uh, bring them on, but um, I mean, James was there. I mean, I mean, do you want to try to tell it? Yeah, you sure, you sure. Give, so, you think you can give the angle 
cool from seeing it happen because everyone yes. who tells the story who watched it unfold was like it was just the wildest thing they ever seen. So we will do this from the perspective of uh, just a third person point of view. Should, should, okay. should I should I do the, the sound effects of the rain? <laughs> so we we are all outside and um, we know the cultists are in there. We're trying to figure out how to approach this place without getting overwhelmed because there's just more of them than there are of us. Um, Butcher uh, had a decent stealth, so he winds up climbing, good acrobatics, climbing up and sneaking into, like, the attic. Uh, from the attic, there are these two uh, cultists kind of standing guard at the top floor, you know, chit-chatting. Um, and then there's this noise, and the one cultist turns, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go investigate that. Uh, so he comes in, and when he steps behind a crate, uh, remind you, other cultists kind of at the door, kind of looking in, uh, there's this loud thud, and you see the cultist's body fall into the floor, and then after like a half a second, it gets drug behind the crate, <laughs> just snatched. Cultist number two immediately runs in the room. Then from the from the rafters, he is bombarded by something. Uh, and then, of course, Thud uh, <laughs> drags him out into the hall where he can be seen. Cultist comes to investigate. <laughs> Murder ensues, right? Uh, make sure this one screams out. So other cultist comes to investigate, and he sees the body of the, the guy there pulled into the attic. And there's another body there, and after a moment, he's standing there trying to decide what to do. Second cultist laying in the hall, drug into the attic, <laughs> right? So, like, I forget, it was like six cultists oh I managed God. to get by themselves. Um, and there were rolls going on this whole time. Like, it was, it was all official, and I was loving it. Uh, <laughs> managed to get them all drug into the attic, and I, I come back out of the attic uh, to tell the party that it's clear. You know, we can come in through the attic. I have cleared that out. <laughs> and they climb up there and like, again, this is, Butcher's a very happy-go-lucky character, but he's like covered uh, head to toe in gore with this giant smile because he feels like I did a good job. <laughs> you know, I helped the party. So they climb up and here he is covered in blood with his butcher's smock on, uh, just smiling, you know, <laughs> waiting for his head pat. Uh, so yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminded me of another story, speaking about addicts. Um, this involves George, too. He deemed a poor guy. Um, it was it was a um, <laughs> I didn't you, you get what I mean by poor guy here in a second. I know I kind of caught you off guard, but it was uh, it was a game uh, with like it was supposed to be like five people. And somehow the invitation just kept going. <laughs> and it was like other people invited more people. By the end of it, there were 12 people at this table and. Poor George was like, well, I got to do it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. So what he did is he DM'd 12 people and it was pure chaos. God bless you. I've been there. Yes, so, I've done that. But what was funny was he was actually running us through um, the manor from Resident Evil. Ooh. So when we were going through it, you know, some of us had played Resident Evil and he changed a few things, but we got to uh, a part where we needed a key. No magic would work, anti-magic field. So we're like, oh, okay. So we went up in the attic and uh, we look out over and we see like a courtyard with dogs. And some something that they have to you know kind of bring up about playing a open ended game with that's been designed around limitations on yeah. what your character can do in a video game. Mm -hmm. So we're looking out there. So he's like, okay, you know, you see in the courtyard, and I think the thought process were we were supposed to go down in the courtyard and uh, kill these zombie dogs. Well, we noticed one of them. I forgot to mention we noticed one of them had a key around his neck. So we're like, cool. Uh, we cast levitate. 
and we levitated it up above everyone else. And then um, I think I was a ranger, so I shot it with a bow and arrow with a rope tied to and, it. Yep. And we proceeded to pull it into the attic. <laughs> but we're like, no, we don't want to fight this. No, so we... all of us stuck our weapons out the window and slowly oh, pulled the yeah. zombie dog. Yes, I remember this. <laughs> just pull them into your weapons. Yeah, we just pulled it into the weapons. Awesome. And George just goes, all right, I think we're done for the night. I think this is one of the few times as a player I've ever felt shame. That's... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, we broke it. We knew, you know, you know, you're supposed to do damage hits, but at that point, it was <laughs> literally, it was literally a reverse trap yeah, for the just... four zombie dogs. I, I commend you, though. That was That's genius. Gross. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't want to go down that courtyard. No. So my, my, my dog, well, mine's actually a wolf story. I am currently running Curse of Strahd yes. for some, for my home, my home players. And I went online because I've run Strahd straight mm. the, the way all the books so many times. So I started reading through it, went online and found some variations to do. And one of the ones they just finished is the, the variation says, don't call it the Death House. Okay. Call it Dernst Manor because it is the Dernst family who live there. Okay. And at one point, you get three, the three levels. And normally there's a point where you walk into the trophy room. There's mm-hmm. like the, the, the stuffed wolves that constantly... They constantly they have it constantly moving around, and so you're like, wait, what? what was, uh, so it's always the house is messing with you. Yeah. Well, when you get to the third level in the variation, one of the wolves animate, and you see it occasionally. So like, I, I have my like on the third look on the balcony. I say, you know, you see this lupine form slowly creep in the shadow, look up at you, then move to the base of the stairs. And I'm like, I've got music going. I'm it. it I got the move. They're like, no, we don't want no, 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 stop, stop. Well, at one point, they're in the. Uh, the nursemaid's room mm-hmm. and she's got the large mirror there and so i have one of the people looking in the mirror i said as you're staring at it you see from behind you on the bed this large wolf-like head slowly raise up and staring at you because i turn around and look behind me there's nothing there because okay well, i look back in the mirror i go as you lean in you stare at the mirror and i just like jump and make mm-hmm. the sound she fell out of her chair. Oh God! <laughs> the, she, it, I'm, I'm like, oh God, no, okay, no, okay. I'm so, cause just, I didn't. She got so pulled in, like, and you just died, like, <laughs> like I didn't mean to actually try to kill anybody. It's just, but, but yeah, and yeah, it's, it was because the, the, like there was one part where you go into the the children's room. There's this little like yellow doll that sits on the window. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's, it's addressed in the main story. However, the variation says. Now that they've seen here and the house has come alive and it's kind of shown them you know, like all the facade is gone, that doll is following them. It's moving Ooh, to the like various that. rooms. Yeah. So, at oh. one, so like at one point, uh, they walk into the attic and the, the, the leader opens the door. I go, and as you do, the doll's right there. He goes, shut the... <laughs> so he attacks the doll, falls over. Cool, I go to pick it up. The doll's not there. Man, you stop it. Stop it right now. Just stop like it's it's so creepy how like the variations that. of this it's, I like that variation it's good do you oh man I just lost my thought because I thought of something else so do you remember the one time we actually convinced you to let us play D&D with like mood lighting and stuff like that oh. it was in this room I do remember it um Somewhat. although although fuzzily yeah, if I remember <laughs> right that was a a after hours possibly alcohol involved oh no there was no possibly there was yes. so we I have pregame D and D. Brody, our um, DM for Stagande, uh, longtime friend, fan of the show. I hope. Uh, Elder so, Fenris on social media. Yeah. So he was uh, he wanted to run the Aliens campaign, but he did sort of a um, was it werewolves? 
Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Oh, it's dinosaurs. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was raptors. Oh, that's oh, right. We're yeah. basically playing Dino Crisis, but without the guns. So, but, but so it was Jurassic raptors. Park. Yeah. It, it, well, the way he presented it, you you were thinking eldritch things, right? Yeah. Because that's his and, shit. Yeah. But then when you finally make that revealing moment, it was so cool because the whole time you're like, eldritch, oh God, you know, you know, supernatural. And then, and then it's, it's raptors. raptors. <laughs> we're getting chased down by raptors. So to set this up, it was, what was the occasion? Oh, it was the uh, uh, grand opening of the hive. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It was the well. So we had the soft opening, and then we did the grand opening. It was like we're here, we're official, yay. yay! And so we stayed after hours with a close group of friends, and we proceeded to uh, consume adult beverages. <laughs> and but I assume to be copious amounts of adult beverages. Well, um, do you mind if I uh, tell? Okay, so at one point I look over because my wife was sitting next to me, and. Uh, her head was on the table, passed out. Constitution <laughs> save failed. So, yeah. by, by the way, folks, if if our dear friend Matt is our tech goblin, I believe his wife's uh, title would be production warlock. I think because I, I don't know I what like that. I don't know yeah, what deal she warlock. makes with what Eldritch horrors to get this to get these sounds. because I've heard the stuff she says that are great. I, I'm just that that is amazing, and she is invaluable. Yeah. So we played that. Um, there was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of uh, forget. I don't even remember anything from it. Like when you said dinosaurs, surprisingly, I, was like, I remember a lot, which is usually not the case. It's not. I mean, maybe I never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe I should drink more often. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. No, please don't do that. that yes, well, I'm mean, not saying that you have a problem with it, but you, you know, you never want to start with maybe I should drink more. <laughs> Guys, the, the true meaning for this podcast today is an intervention. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk to both of you. <laughs> now, unfortunately, because we have so many stories and a lot of them are full of laughs and idiocy, we kind of went over on our time limit, so this episode will be broken into two parts. Part A, which you're listening to currently, and then Part B, which will be coming out next week. Thank you so much for staying with us, and we hope that you are loving our podcast, Playing With Advantage. <laughs>